Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 and we're back. Brown Ambition Podcast number 10. Number 10. <laughs> I can't believe we hit 10. I know. It's like the diamond anniversary. Oh, yeah. You know what? I remember when I turned 10 years old, I was like, I'm officially a decade. That's true. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for your support. Yes. This and is, all your reviews. Just in case you didn't realize, it's Tiffany and... This is Mandy. Yes. And we're back. And episode 10. So, and speaking of reviews... Today is the day when we finally announce the winner of our iTunes review giveaway. We do? We do. <laughs> but you have to stay tuned till the end because we haven't picked it yet and we're going to do it at the end. Okay. So stay tuned. Uh, without further ado, let's start the show. So what do you have for Buzzworthy? Buzzworthy. I feel like we should start things out right today, which is by talking about the meme of the week. Okay. Which is Drake's Hot Bling video. Yes. I love that song. We she got, used to call me on my cell phone. I, didn't even, I don't want to get what he's saying. Like, what is a hotline? I think it's like? about a hookup. Oh. You know when a hotline You know, I just turned 36, so, you know, I'm not quite in the... I'm not, you know, in that little, like, Oh, mix. right. Yeah, you're so. an angel in your 20s. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. I'm like, hook up what? What? I never, what? What's that? Have you seen the video? Yes, and I love Which it. Which version? Because, see, the thing is, I didn't see the regular video. All I saw was the memes. Okay. I saw Dominican Drake. Yes. Which is my favorite. Doing the merengue. I liked Haitian Drake. Haitian? What's yes. the Haitian video? Um, It's to, like, I guess a popular Haitian song, but it just looks so funny because my friend Sophia, hey, Sophia, Damaville, artist extraordinaire, she posted it, and she was like, this is like every light-skinned Haitian uncle I know. <laughs> and I just thought that was hilarious. He's <laughs> like an uncle. He's got, like, a turtleneck sweater. <laughs> yes. And, like, the tight, but he's, like a, like, a hot uncle. Yes. I mean, well, it depends. I feel like with Drake, there's times when I'm like, eh, and there's other times when I'm like, ooh, he's cute. I told you my thing about Drake. Yes. My little brother, he's not little, he's 23 years old. Um, Alex looks pretty much identical to Drake. But and cuter. so I can't he's he's cuter. I'm biased, but um so I, I I feel I feel conflicting feelings about thinking Drake is attractive because Yeah, no, Alex is cuter. Uh Mandy showed me a picture and I was like, Oh, hello. I mean, <laughs> I love Superman, but I'm not dead. <laughs> <laughs> like legit, all my friends in college would say, So was Alex eighteen yet? <laughs> oh my god. Eighteen? Let him here's my number, hollow when you're eighteen. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Dominican Drake, that meme is going around. It's it's like the dance moves where he's doing like the knee thing. Yes. You know, kudos for trying. Yeah, he's always on 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 a beat. Remember they had that whole meme series that Beyonce's always on beat? Oh really? Where they like just this one video and they put it to all this different music and she's always on beat and so mm-hmm. Drake is always on beat. Did you see speaking of Beyonce, so title? Yes. Did you see the clip of her? So <laughs> yes, stop it. What was the party? 
where they had the, it was a title premiere or something like yes. that. They had it at the Barclays Center. And there's this amazing video footage of Beyonce on the red carpet. And she's wearing like a dress with several danger zones. Like it's down to the navel and like the leg is up to her vagina, uh-huh. like a slit. And her assistant is there clearly to like make sure everything, everything is tucked. Yep. And then she's like, you can see her mouth the words. Stop it. <laughs> she's like smiling at the same time that she's like, Stop it. <laughs> no, no. It's not. It's literally <laughs> stop it. Like, girl, if you don't get your hands off me. But she's smiling the whole time, though. Yeah, well, that's because pictures are going. If there is no video, you would never have known. You would have that, never have known. That is like, I love that because you can see that's like, that's how Beyonce ticks. It's like all the, all here, outward facing is beautiful, yep. but like behind the scenes, she is the boss. Yes, that was just hilarious. Everybody's been like, stop it. Hashtag stop it. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. So what else? Oh. Um, what else? Oh, okay. So real quick, um, we talked about Raven last week. Mm-mm-mm. And I don't want to talk about her anymore. However, someone, actually my uh, boyfriend's cousin uh, messaged me on Twitter. He's like, look, uh, Ann Coulter just like read Raven on The View. And mm. I'm like, let and, me watch this. And for those of y'all who are unfamiliar with who Ann Coulter is, she is like honestly hands I'm down. jealous of you for being ignorant about her. <laughs> yes, because she's literally hands down probably the most racist woman mm-hmm. I have ever. The most xenophobic yes. piece of trash. She's like the worst on worst. Like, you know. She, she's a master of like manipulating the media and yes. like getting us to write about her. Yes. And what better way than to have one racist xenophobe call out another cult- yes. like, racist like, and I forget exactly what she person. said, but I think Raven was coming at her for saying like, "Oh, for saying something mean or something." Here's what Ra- Raven was like. So I don't know. I don't know what Anne said to to like uh, provoke, provoke this. Provoke this, but mm-hmm. she said, "You know, when I was growing up, my mother taught me if you have nothing nice to say, then don't say anything at all." Mm-hmm. So Anne Coulter, where do you get off saying this thing? And Anne is like, "Well, um, I'm sorry. I'm talking to someone who last week said they wouldn't hire someone based on their name, being Watermelon Drea. Yeah, and Raven starts to stutter. And she's like, and Anne said, at least I'm talking about things that are important. You're talking about not hiring someone based on their name. And Raven starts to stutter and then puts her head down in shame and silence. And she, that was just... Her facial, she start, she's like, she raises her finger and just like starts to say something. And then she's like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And just nods exactly. and looks down. Like, and, and it was just... Like, like I said, if you knew Ann Coulter, like, just Google her. She is, like, literally the worst on worst. And for her to be able to check you says something about your life. You need to speak to your Jesus. Yes. Because, but she needed to be checked. Because Raven is just ridiculous. I mean, I think she she went on to Twitter or whatever to take back her words. But obviously. You know why she did that, though? Because it's fucking illegal. Yeah. Sorry. It's illegal what she said. Yeah. You can't discriminate based on someone's name. And, like, she maybe is an employer. Maybe she mm-hmm. has. I mean, you could get. You, I'm sure people, anyone who's ever been employed by the business of Raven has been, like, looking back, like, could I sue her? Did yep. she ever deny me an opportunity? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. my name sounds. Meanwhile, Raven Simone, come on now. <sighs> The fake accent. Yes. Anyway, so, I mean, I guess I'm, what I said is, like, two wrongs don't make a right in this mm-hmm. situation. Like, they're both crazy. I'm Got glad. It. You know, they should just, if they could just, like, go and, like, just join, just put them on an island together and let them, mm-hmm. like, destroy each other, <laughs> maybe that would be helpful for America. So, what I want to talk about. So, who remembers Hero Mom? There, of course, we all remember the Baltimore riots. And there was this young boy who was kind of, like, participating. And his, his mom in, like, yellow swoops in and starts beating him. This was, so the Baltimore riots were after the wrongful arrest, the death of Freddie Gray. Mm-hmm. Right? So, she comes in and starts beating him. And the cameras pick it up. And she becomes, like, this hero mom. And especially for the right conservative um, and just like, oh, you know, here's a mom who recognizes that, you know, her son shouldn't be doing this. And they, they flew her all around the country. She was on, like, every show possible. Mm-hmm. And the word has come out that she is now facing eviction. 
Mm-hmm. And people are like, wow, you know, you were flown all over the place and you can't pay your rent. You would thought that that would have led, and I thought, I guess she thought it would have led to some sort of like lucrative deal or something. And it has not. They used her basically for ratings and sent her back to her regular life. Of course. And I mean, she's like the quintessential sassy black woman mm-hmm. that media loves to like, yep. you know, put on blast and like put up there like, oh, look how hilarious yep. and awesome on this, tr- you know, this like, this rare animal is in the wild. And exactly. And actually give her no resources or help in any way. Exactly. So what's 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 her deal today? She's facing eviction, but yeah, so she owes about like about? she owes about like fourteen hundred dollars. And so for a living, what she does is that she drives addicts from halfway halfway houses to treatment centers, and it's just really not paying very much. This is what she does, and she I guess they were doing some sort of follow up interview, and she pulled out an eviction notice showing that she owed one thousand three hundred and. $81.50, and mm-hmm. she makes $10 an hour. So she's struggling, and you would think, like, there would be there would been some sort of, like, resources set up for her after all of this, or maybe a book deal or something, but no, nothing. So it just goes to show you that the media doesn't really care about you. I mean, Baltimore could have taken care of her, too. Exactly, that you hold her up as a hero mom, but she's struggling, mm-hmm. and nobody cares because she's not a story anymore. So it's just kind of like a cautionary tale of, you know, that people can applaud you, but that doesn't mean they really support you. Yeah, and I think anytime that, I mean, just anyone who's out there, if you ever, I mean, we can talk about this a bit later, but I mean, part of my job, I talk to people who have been wronged by businesses and corporations, and they're often low income. And the the way these people are preyed upon is really sad. And I always have to take that into account when I'm interviewing them. And I want to be sure that they know that I'm not just talking to them because I want the really sad sob story, mm-hmm. you know, to draw people in. And I feel like the media has to be more... And this is a good. This is a good way. I, I love this story in that they're going back. Not only are they going back and talking to a woman again, like six, seven months later, mm-hmm. but they're also bringing more attention to the fact that there's still these issues in Baltimore. Like we can't forget. Exactly. They, um, there's a line in the story that I really like. It says she became a vehicle for others to advance their own social agendas. Mm-hmm. That you know, basically, they used her. And now that she needs help, there's no one there to help. The same way as, like, Mike Huckabee going to the rally for Kim Davis, that woman who wouldn't mm-hmm. um, give marriage licenses to gay people. Yeah. Like, he made that about himself. Yeah. Well, speaking of Freddie Gray, did you read that his mom committed attempted suicide? No. Yeah. That's really sad. I think she, like, I think she was either being, she was at a hospital or she was taken to a hospital and there she slit her wrists or, mm. I don't know the exact circumstances. They said that she was found with marks on her arms. Um, so I feel like she might have slit her wrists. But that's, that's really sad. That's, yeah. you know. I don't know what's happening with that case right now. The last thing I heard was that um, all six people, the six cops or police officers mm-hmm. who were on trial were denied whatever motion they tried to get to okay. get the case dropped. Okay. Which I guess is good. Yeah. But, um, I hope the media, I hope, I mean, I'm sure we're still going to be covering this case, but this, this whole situation, the death of Freddie Gray, mm-hmm. the fact that the police officers have been charged with like, um, what was it, like second degree murder or something like that or okay. involuntary something, um, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays yeah. out. Uh, On that note. I know, I'm like, do you have anything light to end buzzworthy with? I don't have anything light to <laughs> end buzzworthy, but I I would be remiss because this is this is really like weighing heavily on me. This whole situation with the rush card. Okay. Oh yes. Oh well. Yeah. We can't end it. Well, we're just gonna end with. We're the... just gonna end it on this. <laughs> yeah, um, some BS. Because we have to. We have to. We yeah. have to. So Russell Simmons, first of all, is like this business magnate. I mean, obviously a hip hop star, but mm-hmm. he's he had Fat Farm. Mm-hmm. What's little known about him, unless you watch like BET or whatever, is that 12 years ago he launched a company called Unirush which uh, has, a, has a product called the Rush Card. Mm-hmm. This is a prepaid debit card. And for those of you who don't understand what that is, a prepaid debit card is essentially, it's not a bank, 
it's not a bank account, but it looks like a debit card yeah. and it works like one and you load money onto it and that's the money you have to spend. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, marketed as being a budgeting tool. And if you know, a lot of people out there don't realize this, but if you have a bad banking history, mm-hmm. banks can stop opening, allowing you yes. to open checking accounts. Yep. So a lot of people who are low income and maybe have overdrafted their accounts for, you know, in the past or have had to open and close checking accounts because they ran into trouble, you know, can't access the traditional banking mm-hmm. system. So they use these prepaid cards as a way of like, you know, looking like everyone else yeah. and having their debit card or whatever. Unfortunately, the thing about prepaid debit cards is that a lot of them have crazy fees. Yep. And they can be quite expensive for people to use. So let's go over some of the fees. You can actually have a fee to load the card up. Yep. A fee to check how much money you have. A fee. One second. We're we're getting a call. Oh. (laughs) Caller, are you there? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But like, right, a fee to load the card up, a fee to yes. actually check to see what your balance is. Mm-hmm. There's a fee sometimes for using your card. Yep. Monthly um, fee. Your monthly, a monthly fee. Activation fee. Activation fee. So um, lit- ATM fees. AT- I mean. Uh, fees on fees on fees. Yeah, basically. Fees on fees on fees. And, and so the rush card, you know what's crazy about this whole situation? So just real quick, what happened is um, starting October 10th, People went to access their rush card, and they were denied. Mm -hmm. I spoke to one woman who was at Denny's with her husband. Card was declined. She spent two and a half hours on the phone with customer service sitting outside the Denny's, mortified, could not get through. Something was clearly going wrong. But the company was, like, radio silent about everything. It wasn't until about a week into the problems that they finally acknowledged that some customers had just lost access to their money. Yep. Like, their money that they've had deposited onto their cards. Like, can you imagine if you just, like... And this is everyone's worst fear, right? Yeah. The apocalypse is yep. coming. Banks are closed down. Yep. You can't access your, your own money. Your paycheck. Because a lot of people have their paychecks loaded onto the card automatically. Mm-hmm. So just imagine, oh, this is the money that you used to pay your your rent with, groceries, child care services, all of these things. And then all of a sudden, not for an hour, not for a day, but for more than a week, no access. Two weeks. Now, it's, 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 today is October 25th. This all started happening October, October wow, 10th. two weeks. And I've been following it closely. I've written a couple stories about this. Um, this. The Consumer Federal Protection Bureau just came out Friday the ad- that afternoon with a statement saying they're going to be investigating. Mm. Rush Card, Russell Simmons himself and the company's CEO, because Russell's basically the face of the company. Yeah. He was a founder, but he doesn't actually run it. Like, there's a, there's a whole other, obviously, executive team running it. They've come out and said, you know, largely most of the issues have been fixed. Russell Simmons was on Twitter yesterday mm-hmm. tweeting about this. And I'm meanwhile, I'm on Twitter. I'm mm-hmm. on my email. I'm still getting emails yep. from people saying, "Hey, I can't access all my money. I only got a hundred bucks back. I'm still owed three fifty. Wow. I talked to a woman. Um, her name's Jasmine. She lives in uh, actually from New Jersey, Beverly. Okay. This is what happened to her, and this is why this is why this story is like so hard. She uh, at the beginning of October, after waiting two years, she was on the waiting list for low income assisted housing. Okay. In New Jersey, and she has two children. Um, a six-year-old and a seven-month-old. And they've been homeless largely for the last year. They've been kind of living like from friend's couch to friend's couch, most recently at her mother's house, but her mother is still taking care of her siblings. Um, Jasmine's only 26 years old. And so for finally the past year, she's been like semi-homeless, saving up money, you know, finally getting approved for this low-income housing, moving into a two-bedroom apartment. She just moved in the beginning of October. Um, She bought a bed for her daughter, and couldn't buy a crib for her baby because her rush card was empty, mm. completely empty. And she's one of the ones who had their, her entire paycheck. She loaded works, onto the card. Loaded onto the card. 
And let me just dispel myths about people who live in assisted living house or not assisted living, but low income housing. She has a full time job. She works nine to five. Mm-hmm. She's also going to school okay. for a degree in sociology. She works for a nonprofit helping poor people get access to um, different services. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I can't believe that I my job is helping people get access to services. Meanwhile, I can't even buy groceries for my children. Wow. And she had just moved in and she's like, I thought I was getting a fresh start. Um, and now I feel like I have nothing, absolutely zero. And she still hasn't gotten her money. So as of, I spoke with her on Friday. As of Friday, she had gotten half of one of her direct deposits. She's missing two paychecks. Okay. And she also was due a refund check from her student loans. You know, if you oh pay. Oh, my gosh, yeah. She was due like $4,000 from her student mm. loans, which was going to be the money that she was going to use to furnish her apartment. Yeah. Because these, some of these, this, her apartment in particular didn't come with a fridge or utilities, like, um, like a fridge and appliances wow. and stuff. So she had to buy that. And she's like, we're all sleeping on my daughter's bed. You know, I'm bed fixing her PB&Js because that's all we can afford. This is just so crazy. And then, you know, I just, first of all, what I think is so crazy, it's like, I guess it was all due to what, like some sort of like um They said it was a software up- glitch. Or systems updated. They were updating the system. Now, I mean, why not do this in waves just in case something like this would Maybe happen? they did. They, they're not being like, they haven't said, maybe they did it in a wave and that just happened to be the one that screwed up. They haven't said exactly how many people are affected. They haven't said, but I mean, I've been saying thousands, media has been saying thousands because you can go to their Facebook page. This is where people have had to resort to complaining because the customer service lines, I guess, have been inundated and people can't get through. So you look at Facebook and there are just tens of thousands of comments. Wow. So you're just assuming, well, these are thousands of people complaining, so mm -hmm. it must be thousands of people affected. Right. And um, what I want to say about the rush card, especially in why it, it hurts people personally, like the way that the rush card markets is very pointed. Like yes. I mean all marketed all marketing is targeted, but they specifically target mm-hmm. low income brown black folks. people, brown people yep. in minority areas. People who are using the rush card already are having banking difficulties. This is not a population that can go a week without pay. Are you kidding me? No. Most people can't go a week without pay, but this is an especially vulnerable, financially vulnerable population. Mm-hmm. So for them to be going through this, this is just so they don't have savings. Like, yeah. I talk to people, and this is so the, the way that they market is 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 bad. So the biggest um, reason for a lot of people who use the rush card and, and some prepaid cards um, is because they promise to get your paycheck two days early. Mm-hmm. They have a special way of doing this. Um, basically, when you're when your employer pays you direct deposit, um, it goes to the bank on like a Wednesday. Okay. It doesn't show up until Friday. Okay. So prepaid debit cards will just give you the money on Wednesday. Okay. And they'll expect the money to come on. Yeah. So that's how they get people in. They're like, okay. oh, you want to get paid? Mm-hmm. We'll pay you two days early. Mm-hmm. Give me your $5 a month, please. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why they get people in with that promise. Um, and I saw him say something like that, and I just wanted to, like, uh, body slam him. He said, like, well, technically, it's not really late because we're you usually get your paycheck two days early, I, whatever video or whatever tweet was sent out. So we still yeah, have time. a video on you know? And I was like, mm, well, no, That was sir. October 14th. It's been 10 days since yeah. that video was so, posted. Yeah. I saw someone on Twitter on Friday. It was 10 p.m. our time, like 7 p.m. L.A. time where he lives. And she was like, Russell Simmons is in my yoga class right now. And I was like, that's nice that he's finding time yeah. to relax. Meanwhile, like the hundreds of his customers still don't yeah. have access to their money. I, I You know, it, it's really sad what's happening. I'm glad that regulators are going after mm-hmm. him. Um, I hope that this just draws attention to like more on to the fact that these predatory mm-hmm. services for low-income people are just not doing enough for yeah. them. 
it's really expensive to be poor. It is. Isn't that so crazy? It is crazy. If you can't, so your rush card, you know, you can't access your money. So what do you do? Um, none of your friends or family have money, so you might get a payday loan. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about how expensive mm-hmm. payday loans are. Oh my gosh, um, interest rates sometimes up like three hundred percent. And I talked to I talked to several people, and what's crazy is listening to them. Well, everyone's like, "I'm done with rush card. Yeah. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done." But what they've said is like, "Oh, I found another prepaid card. It has more fees, but like, I don't have any other options because mm. I have bad banking history." One woman was like, "Okay, I'm done with all prepaid cards. I'm, I went to my local bank. They charge eleven dollars a month to have a, if, unless oh. you have a minimum balance of fifteen hundred dollars. There's just not enough options out yeah. there for people who don't have a lot of money." Um, you know, even in writing my story, I was like, there's online banks you can go to that have few fees. Well, yeah. these people don't trust. Yeah. You know, they even before they didn't trust traditional mm-hmm. banks, let alone online ones. And now they've been screwed over. So how are you going to get them to, you know, how are you going to convince them that like Capital One 360 isn't going to like crap out the same way Rush Card did? Uh, it's just so disheartening. It's one of the reasons why I think Mandy and I do the work that we do with financial education. I especially try to speak to folks like this because it's just if you didn't learn personal finance stuff at home you certainly didn't get it in school and it's like well how do you get to this place because you know a lot of people I've heard like judging like well they should have had saving that's just so easy to say but you know what I mean people first of all you know people who I you know it looks like from the outside they look great and secretly could not afford to lose a paycheck either. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know, it's so easy they should have had savings, but you, sir, don't have savings either. And if your fancy job stopped paying you today, you would be screwed. Right. So, yeah. I hope these people get their money back. Yeah. And I hope that, you know, the company has said that they, you know, very soon will be announcing they're going to make it right. Well, so far all they've done is said we're going to, you know, we're going to cancel fees for the holiday season. Mm. We'll take off your monthly $5 fee. I'm like, what's that going to do if you, like, I mean, when people have, like, not been able to pay rent. Yeah. One woman said in the New York Times, I wrote a story where she couldn't afford to buy her husband's heart medication. Mm. What are they going to do for those people? Yeah. These people also, What this sounds like the makings of an amazing class action lawsuit. Yep. Thousands of people um, cheated by a financial services company mm-hmm. that makes millions of dollars. However, like most financial services, they have a ban on class action. Um, when you sign your customer oh. agreement, I mean, you can go right now and check. I guarantee you, check your credit card statement, check your agreement, check your bank account agreement. They all say we have a ban on class actions, mandatory arbitration, which means arbitration is when they hire um, an independent arbitrator, basically an attorney, mm-hmm. to um, do a private negotiation. So okay. like a private little like basically like you, arbitrator, business, and, in in, in, you know, at a, around a table sussing things out. Um, Whatever is agreed upon is private. You Mm -hmm. cannot talk about it afterward. So the greater public will never know what happened. Um, And it's also very cost prohibitive. It can cost you hundreds of dollars, if not thousands, to hire an attorney to represent yourself at a private arbitration. And then for what? You know, $500? I mean, a lot of people don't have that much money. I mean, it's a lot of money to them, but it's not like people I've talked to. I was like, you know, would you think about doing arbitration? And they're like, you know, it's not enough. I don't I can't afford fees. Yeah. Um, So it sucks. You know, the only way for them to get recourse is if regulators like the CFPB stand up and represent them, which, you know, they are doing. And, I, you know, I hope something good comes out of it because Russell Simmons got to pay. Yeah. Brush cards got to pay. And on that note, BuzzFeed is done. 
You always call it BuzzFeed. I do. I'm sorry. BuzzFeed is like, yes. Buzzworthy, buzzworthy. Buzzworthy. <laughs> you know what? I'm like addicted to BuzzFeed. That's why. Like, mm-hmm. that's like my board right before bed, like viewing. I'm like, what is BuzzFeed up to? You go to BuzzFeed.com? Mm-hmm. I've never gone there, like, on, like, I've never done it myself, like, typed in BuzzFeed.com, but I just see their stuff everywhere. No, I just go and on I'm just Facebook. like, just for a little giggle before nighttime. <laughs> <laughs> well, for the record, it's buzzworthy. Thank you very much. We need to work on our branding. Yeah. <laughs> Right. So, but if you have anything to say, maybe you've been affected by this whole rush card thing, we'd love to hear from you. Yes, ma'am. At the BA Podcast. This is on Twitter. Um, you can also email us at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. And we are Brown Ambition on Facebook. Facebook. Mm-hmm. Almost at 500 fans. I know. We so famous. Yay. <laughs> Brown break, brown break time. Right, brown break, brown break. What you got? I know I sing that song every time, but I you like do. it. It's got a ring to it. I feel like I've heard that song before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this week I have two that could kind of go together. Okay. Or do you want to start? Um. Okay. So my brown break is this. So I'm a business owner. For y'all who don't know, I am the budgetista. I'm a financial mm. educator. And one of the things I love doing is helping, helping, helping. And I get a lot of requests. But sometimes the requests are... A little, she tried it, right? That's what the kids say. Like, ooh, she tried it. Like, people will reach. And I'm like, oh, okay, stranger, you're asking for a lot. So I'm taking a brown break from the the over-ask. So somebody might, you know, if, you're, if you hit me up and you ask me, how do I raise my credit score or stuff like that, you know, that's what I do for a living. I get it. But somebody might say, like, one woman asked me, hey, Budgetista, my aunt is turning 40 and I want to get her um, your, um, one of your books. Can you send it to me? And I thought she wanted to buy it. No, no, just asking for a gift. Random, oh. str- <laughs> random stranger on um, Facebook. Or I would love to, I, w- I want to do speaking like you do, Budgetista. You know, next time you get booked, can you bring me and I could speak with you? And, I, and I'm like, oh, so person I've never met or heard speak before or anything, I'm supposed to just bring you on stage with me? Yeah. And so, <laughs> you seem nice. <laughs> yeah. And so my biggest thing is this, that if you are going to ask something of someone that you do not know, first thing you should do is don't. Um, because just think about it, like if you were in person with this person, just think about someone on the street or someone at work that unless you've built a relationship, you, your, your ass should be in direct relation to how familiar you are with them, like an actual person. Mm -hmm. So for example, like you might, this is what I say anyway, before you ask, be a resource. So I have this great, uh, mentor, Lynette Calfani Cox. She's amazing. Um, we actually did, I forget what episode we did an um, interview of her. Five. So episode four. five. Four. So she was awesome. And so Lynette, when I first met her, I was like, what do you need? What do you need? What do you want? What do you need? You want to babysit? You want me to type stuff up for you? Whatever she asked for. Because I knew that Lynette, for me to ask something of this woman who I did not know, that didn't make sense to me. So instead, I really tried my best to be a resource. And in return... You know, without soliciting her, Lynette used to, like, kick things my way. So to me, really, that's just the best way to kind of go about it, right? Have you had experiences like that where people are like, hey, Mandy? Because mm-hmm. Mandy's a writer for Yahoo, so I'm sure you get like, hey, girl, you should write this article on me because I'm amazing. Yes. <laughs> I get so many pitches. I mean, I could do a whole, like, brown break, like, reporter break on pitches. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone wants you to write for about them, and everyone thinks they have the best story. Yeah, and just beyond that, just networking is really yeah. uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I hate – some people are very um, obvious that they are, like, trying to 
make you like I want you to be my mentor. Mm. Like you're gonna coach me. Yeah. And like when can we have coffee? Yeah. When are you free? <laughs> and I'm more than happy to help, but um you have to pour a lot into someone yep. and like you want to take an interest in mm-hmm. them and really give them good advice and you don't want to feel like you're just like a collection, like another like a notch on their bedpost, like another business card mm-hmm. in their in their briefcase. <laughs> or just because you don't want to feel like someone's just taking. Mm-hmm. You know, if, you know, to me, the best way to receive is really to give. Yeah. And especially if you, like, have, I don't know, just think to yourself, like, you know, whatever it is that you do for a living, if someone kept coming to you and asking for you to do it for free for them, and you're just like, wow, you know, this person is just here taking, taking, taking. But imagine if someone came to you and said, well, what do you need? How can I help you? Then you'd be more apt to say, oh, well, you know what? This person has been so useful and so helpful. I'd love to give back to them in some way. So just be mindful of that, that there's nothing wrong with asking for help, but there's a difference between help and a handout. And so just be mindful of that because I'm taking a break from all the over-asking. She tried it. You've earned it. <laughs> Take a break. Um, I've got a different break. i got a couple. Oh, I'd say, I guess we can, we can combine them. Okay. Two of my least favorite things, Texas and Trump. <laughs> oh, TNT. TNT. Um, so this week, a federal judge in Texas um, – Made uh, ruled on Friday, actually, that Texas officials can continue to deny U.S. birth certificates to the kid to the children of immigrants who cannot supply required identification, such as a uh, driver's license or passport, because they came into the country illegally. Um, and I just feel like, could we be taking any more steps backward, Texas? Mm. Like, what the hell? Um, Children, as it stands, children of illegal immigrants who are born in American soil soil, are granted um, citizenship immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, But what's happening in Texas is that the Texas is like, oh, yeah, you're granted citizenship. um, But to get your birth certificate, can we see your parents' driver's license and identification, please? Exactly. Uh, When their parents may not have one and they know fully well. Mm -hmm. So it's just – it seems – I don't know how this is – how this is possible. I feel like this could wind up in the Supreme Court. Who knows? It's just a slick way of basically denying these children. And Texas is a hot mess. I mean, I know Austin is cool. Like, whatever, I'm there for Austin. People are moving there. It's like a hot city to live in. But Mm -hmm. Texas as a whole, it just feels like it's stuck in, uh, you know, 50 years ago. Talk about their, you know, rights for against uh, trying to keep women from getting access to abortions, Mm -hmm. like healthy, legal abortions. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can go on and on. Is Texas um, the place where they had that? Remember we talked about the book, the... um, the history book where it's like the workers came over it. Oh, was that Texas? I don't remember. But I would it not like be Texas, surprised. Right? I would honestly not be surprised. So we talked about like there's this history book that this um, black mother had uploaded that her child was like, it was talking about slavery and they were they referred to slaves as workers. We were like, mm-hmm. oh, hmm, is that what we were? <laughs> that is Texas. <laughs> well, how this all ties into Trump, you know, obviously we've talked about Trump's. We've taken a brown break from Trump. Yeah, we did. Um, but the, the world does not want us to take a break from Trump. SNL is actually having uh, Donald Trump, of all fucking people, yeah. on as a host this weekend or this next weekend, November 7th or mm-hmm. 1st or whenever it is, um, as a host. And I just like, I don't get it. I mean, I get it from, like, SNL wants to find a controversial host. I mean, yeah. they had Miley Cyrus. Ugh, like, ugh. Yeah. And um, I, I will not be watching. I mean, forget the fact forget the fact that Trump's politics are just, like, insane. Yeah. And he wants, you know, to deport 11 million people from this country. Um, but beyond that, he is probably the most um, 
terrifying politician in, in his treatment of the press. Yeah. Freedom of the press, I mean, obviously I take very seriously because I am a reporter and I think it's important to have free press. Um, but he, first of all, he kicked out that Univision reporter, Jorge Ramos, yeah. who he didn't realize was a super famous, like one of the most famous Latino um, American, uh, actually he's not Latino, when was he born? I forget. Anyway, Latino journalists who live you know, in America today. Yeah. Um, and beyond that, this past week, I think he had a campaign stop in Miami and he kicked out again a whole Univision crew just again like his whole bullying tactics I can't I can't with him I can't with Lauren Michaels for making him a host yeah can he even act like what is happening if anything they should have Bernie Sanders on yeah he would be hilarious yeah (laughs) oh Trump so let's brown break and we're breaking off if you have anything you know we have not I think we I feel like we haven't asked in a while do you have anything that you want to take a brown break from BA audience please 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 tweet us use hashtag brown break at the BA podcast on Twitter hit up our Facebook wall at brown ambition and you can always email us at what is that email again the brown ambition podcast at gmail.com yeah so but definitely put in the in the title brown break because we'd love to read some of your brown breaks i'm sure you have something that's frustrating you we'd love to share yes ma'am now it's time for tips tips this week, well, okay, so tips for this week. Yeah. We're inspired. So I went to this event this past week. It was a uh, networking event. Mm-hmm. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> um, it's actually kind of cool, though, because they, it was sort of an event organized around, um, like, spotlighting these these six or seven female entrepreneurs who have, like, made millions um, out of these, like, home-run businesses, and it was mm. very inspiring. Yeah. So one of the women, actually, I think she's from New Mexico. She um, was formerly in the Air Force for, like, seven years. She okay. grew up an Army brat. And uh, she has a multi-million dollar advisory business, advertising business for people who want Facebook ads. Mm -hmm. And one of the questions from the audience to all the women was, how many of you guys are the breadwinner in your household? Mm -hmm. And three or four of them raised their hands. And then she asked, and how does that impact your relationship Mm -hmm. and the division of household duties? Mm -hmm. And you can tell it was a loaded question because, and uh, shout out to, you know, writers like Farnoosh Tarabi who have written about this. When women earn more, they still do more around the house. Well, not me, but okay. Well, well, you know, we can talk about that. (laughs) Yes. But, you know, studies have research has shown that even though women, when they earn more, they still feel this like guilt, this like, you know, um, obligation to do even more around the house to like make the man feel like, Like you know, like a man. Exactly. And this woman in particular who has this multi-million dollar business and earns, you know, exponentially more than her spouse said, you know, at home, I am a wife Mm -hmm. and I support my husband. I want him to feel strong and manly. And so I don't really talk about my business. And I do take care of the household chores Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, put dinner on the table because that's what works for us. And I could see everyone in the like all the women. It was a main. It was mostly women in the in the audience, and uh-huh. I can see them kind of like, Ooh. you know, squirming in their in their in their cocktail dresses uh, because I feel like what she said was realistic. Yes, I agree. But it goes against that like oh girl Feminist, power thing. Yes. You know what I mean? And I think there's a yeah. I was kind of like all right, calm down, everybody. Yeah, this is what works for them. Yeah. Um, it, but yeah, I think it's a conversation worth having. So we're going to be and Mandy are kind of talk about tips. Because do you make more than your boo? I do. I do make more. Okay. Yeah, um, I make more than my uh, boyfriend. We live together, mm-hmm. and I think when did I? 
I, I, I haven't always earned more than him, okay. but pretty soon as we started dating, I okay. got a promotion, and um, it was clear that, like, I was earning more. more. Okay. But it didn't become, like, an issue until we moved in together. Okay. I make, let me see, probably about four and a half times more than Boo, and honestly, next year, it's going to be, like like, not even... Mm-hmm. Probably like ten times more, <laughs> um, and I worried about that because I've dated guys who I'm like, yikes, they're not that happy with this. Mm-hmm. But I'm really open because I live with my boo too with Superman, and I'm really open about what I make. And you know, he's just like the greatest because so before I came, so Superman has a daughter that he has like half the time. So they're like one week off, one week on. Um, he and um his Supergirl's mom. And so they're like this great team. And so because he was he is raising his daughter like half the time and sometimes even more than half the time. Um he was uh he learned to cook, he did laundry, clean. Well, he's just a super clean guy anyway. Um so he was already kind of like for lack of a better word domesticated. <laughs> how, how old was um Supergirl when you guys got together? Supergirl. So it's been 2 years for us. So she just turned 9, so she was 7. Okay, so yeah. he had a long time. Yeah. And so he and her mom broke up when um he, she was like 3. Mm-hmm. So he had like 4 years of like, you know, being like mom and dad at home and you know. So so when I came, you know, I remember like washing the dishes for the first time and he nearly cried. I was like, "What?" He's like, "Thank you so much. <laughs> Someone's actually helping." And like when I make her lunch, he's like, "Oh my gosh." And so for him, Anything that I do is just added help because he's he's not had he he's only lived with me and her, so you know so for him it's like wow this is huge help so luckily you know it's been easier for me because honestly I am not the best at helping out at home we do talk about that like the other day like I was on my computer for like the millionth time as per usual and he was like so and like the laundry was piling up and he's like doing the laundry and I'm like meanwhile I'm like can you keep it down <laughs> and then he kind of was like Tiffany you know um I'd like some help around the house because you like live I never go food shopping just yesterday he went again for like the fifth time in a row I never and I'm like I'll send you like I would literally like send him money via the phone like oh I just sent you some money for food he's like so you're not I'm going impressed food. he goes food shopping. Yeah, you know, well, because you know, before I came, that's what he did everything. But we did talk about it. So one of the things I asked him, I'm like, what do you what would you like me to help you with more? Is of? that a recent conversation? Yeah, like literally like maybe two days ago. And he's like, honestly, like, um, he's like he cooks, but he does like that man cooking, you know, like spaghetti and chicken nuggets, you know? Mm-hmm. But I actually cook and I cook pretty well and I actually enjoy it. He's like, I would love for you to cook more because I actually like your food. And I said, Okay, check, I can do that. And he also said, I would love for you to help me, like, around the house more. And now I hate cleaning. So I asked him, I said, so, to be clear, do you want the house to be cleaned or does it, do you want me to have to do the cleaning? He's like, no, I would just, like, help. And I said, all right, can I hire help? Would you feel offended by that? And he said, no. And I said, okay, so we're working out, like, what does that look like? Because it is very uneven and lopsided, I will say right now, mm-hmm. that he does, like, the majority of, like, the work at home. Well, you have different. I mean, he works. Is his job like a nine to five? Yeah, yeah, nine to five. Mm-hmm. And so your your hours are whenever. Yeah, whenever. So it's hard. It's harder to like. There's no set like. And you come home and you clean yeah. a little and you cook the dinner. Yeah, yeah. So hard. And so like you know we're we're like working that out. And what I really really love about uh, Superman is that we we split the bills evenly in half. When I first moved in, he was paying like all of them, and I was like, this kind of seems like wrong since I'm making so much more than you. You know. Mm-hmm. And so we split the bills in half an hour. And just the other day, just really this morning, I was talking to him about I'm bringing on a full-time employee, and it's going to cost a lot of money. And even though I make a lot of money, it's going to be financially difficult for a few months. And he said, 
if I need to take on all of the household finances until you kind of get your business back stable again, let's do that. So he told me when I get home, like, let's sit down and look at our budgets and see, like, what we can do to make this work. And I'm just like, you're, like, the best, Mm. you know? (laughs) Even when he gets on my nerves, I just remember, like, man, he's, like, the best. You don't mind cooking and cleaning and helping me out financially even though, you know, I make so much more? Because his thing is this. He's like... I know you have this huge dream, and I want to, for it for it to come true for you. So whatever I can do to support that is, is what I'll do. So I feel like the first the first tip, which could be too late for some women, because mm-hmm. sometimes you meet each other when you're young and mm-hmm. you're both starting out, and then as your career grows, things start becoming more lopsided. Things yeah. start becoming less equal, and then you're like, you were cool when you were like, you know, both. It was cute when you're both yeah. broke. Yeah, like oh, ramen noodles so romantic. Like <laughs> let's you know share a dollar menu hamburger together and some fries. Well, when one person starts earning more, and if it's a woman, it can cause conflict mm-hmm. later it can. on. And you may not realize that the person you're with, man or woman, if you're earning more than them, has an issue. Has issues. Mm-hmm. You know, they may not realize they mm-hmm. have an issue until you start earning a lot more. Um, so. Honestly, my first tip would be try and find someone who doesn't. Um, and you, you, there's clues. You can see, you know, look at what their parents are like. Yeah. Um, you know, with, with my boyfriend, his parents have a very traditional, um, I mean, I guess a yeah, kind of traditional household in that the, the, his, his mother uh, does not work and mm-hmm. his, his dad has been the provider his entire life. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I think for Latino households maybe isn't always traditional because I feel like a lot of women work and provide mm-hmm. for the family too. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely that expectation that when you come home, you're going to be cleaning and cooking. Yep. And the man comes home and wears the food at and like whatever bangs his chest and whatever he does. <laughs> um, so I've, I've seen that, honestly. And, and, and uh, I was raised by a single mom. And I'm hyper, hyper vigilant of any like ink like mm-hmm. any inkling like any sign that Enrique's or sorry I just said his name whatever <laughs> Enrique that he's like waiting for me to cook something for him when he's like can you make me a sandwich um I'm like a sandwich but if I make it for you will you expect sandwiches all the time <laughs> and like or here I this morning I went out and got him coffee and a croissant and I was like just don't expect this every weekend oh, like boy. just so you know and he's like god just do something know, just like right? can you do one thing without reminding me what what like a powerful woman you are yes. and like how I shouldn't expect <laughs> I need to tone it down a little bit but um yeah I, I mean I got lucky d- despite the fact that his parents are more traditional mm-hmm. um he's you know he's very supportive of mm-hmm. my career and like I said we we're an example of like we both were kind of in the same we did well when we first started dating mm-hmm. and I've sort of you know I my my income has grown um, pretty rapidly and like you know pretty well over the last couple of years and it's changed the dynamics I would say that the thing that's helped the most and has been the most difficult is talking about it mm-hmm. um, and talking about bills and how to split them and what your expectations yes. are I would say the problems we have and we actually got some help on this we went and saw a financial planner and we talked about it was my expectations don't match his income okay oh. and so like I now that I'm earning more, I want to I want to save up for like vacations and stuff mm-hmm. and things like that. And um, meanwhile, he has another stressful thing, which is student loans yeah. he's trying to pay off. And I had to like come to terms with the fact that even though I want to save, he is not on that same plane yeah. right now. And if I want to save for a vacation, I'm gonna, I'm going to be have to save yep. for two for two. Yep. So you just have, have to, to know that. Yeah, you have to know that and. I mean, deal with it. Like, I want him to come with me. So, okay, I'm going to save up. And maybe we'll, you know, I'm not saying that I'm paying the way for everything because he wouldn't like that. Yeah. But we had to have a conversation. Like, we want to enjoy, you know, our money. We want to save for certain things. Um, And I'm like, okay, I'm going to take on more of the saving for future travel. So that's like number two communication, which is I mean, number one and number two. Yeah. 
communication. Talking about it. Because even, like, I was talking to Superman, and I said, okay, I have this, like, big check coming in, and I have, like, some... Um, so I always pay my credit card off in full and every month for the most part. But I have, like, a little bit of credit card debt that I'm like, but I'm going to wipe it out with this check. And I was asking him, um, I really, because Jersey, we live in Jersey, and the winters can be kind of brutal. Mm-hmm. And so my car's paid for in full, as is his, because, you know, rolling with the budgetista, I made sure that he paid for his car in full. Um, and But I kind of like, you know what, I'd like a truck for um, the winter that I think that we'd like to lease because leasing makes sense for us because both of us don't drive much. And he's really, really handy with um, cars and trucks and stuff. And I think that at least would just make sense. Um, and I told him, you know, we're talking about how much it might cost a month and how, how that would look. And he has some debt. He has, like, um, a loan that he's paying off, a little bit of credit card debt, and something else. And some other, like, sort of, like, mini loan all to the tune of a few thousand dollars. And I said, you know what? With this big check that I have coming up, there's enough for me to pay down my credit card debt and pay down yours and then, because his thing is, when we talked about it, at first, at first he was like, no, no, no. And I said, no, because you get like a, because you have a child, you get like a large, um, he gets a big refund check. Mm. So I was like, so when that money comes, you, you can give it back to me. Like from taxes? Yeah, from taxes, okay. you know? And I said, but then at least it'll free up about $300 a month for you. Because right now, I could tell things are really tight and he's trying. And I'm like, so let's free up that $300 a month, and then you just give me the money back later, you know? So even talking about things like that, like, you know, a lot of people would think, like, I would never give my boo $3,000. I'm like, yeah, but, I mean, honestly, he's probably given me more than that this year alone, like, I'll be like, my car needs to be fixed, and it's a $900, and I'm like, well, here's the money. He's like, oh, don't worry about it. And I'm like, $900? Hmm. Like, also, by helping him, you're making things easier for yourself, Exactly. Too. He has so, more money free to Exactly, to for do-do, exactly. So, because, I mean, I travel a lot, and he would love to come with me more, and just like Enrique, just like... Boo. We can call him in case. It's fine. <laughs> the cat's out of the bag. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so he wasn't he wasn't able to afford as much. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. So really, it's just about being on the same page. The fact that he even said, babe, when you get back home today, let's sit down and look at our budget and stuff and see, like, what we can do. I was like, <gasps> that is the sexiest I thing. I know. Uh. I almost, like, cried real tears because, like, two years ago when I first met him, he's like, leave me alone. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. I think we should give – if you're uh, – Sometimes I want to apologize to, like, my family and to Enrique especially because, like, I feel like dating people like us mm-hmm. must be really hard. Yeah. It's like dating a teacher. Yes. And, he, you're, like, you're still a student. You yes. know what I mean? Like, she's always point, on me, but I can't ever like, slip up. everyone's not a budget nista. I remember when it's I true. first, like, the first couple months because I was, like, laying in hard. Then I realized as women, sometimes you have to realize that you have to, like, lean in, pull back. No one to pull out. Yes. I mean, at back. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, baby. Sounds like she's having some personal issues. No. If Mandy comes in with a baby bun a few months, we, we No, both. <laughs> These are both helpful. Full practical skills <laughs> yes. for today's society. <laughs> but no, you just, and so I had to learn to be like, okay. They're, they're, they're like children. They sponge up stuff you don't realize. Yeah. On well, Friday and, <laughs> and uh, no, oh, so yesterday, Saturday, uh, we're taping on a Sunday. Uh-huh. Um, so I, we woke up and we decided on Friday night that we're going to have device free Saturday morning Ooh. until noon. It was great. Like no cell phones, no TV, no computer, no nothing. I like it. Just like hang out and clean and whatever. Um, but he's like, oh, damn, I really want to check my paycheck. I wanted to pay bills. First thing after he got paid, mm-hmm. and I was like, "You want to pay bills, babe?" <laughs> I, I almost wanted to lift the device, no device <laughs> rule, so you can pay. But I was that was nice, and, yeah. and, and that was something he wouldn't have done, you yes. know, three years ago. So it's like so. you have to massage the message, ladies. Yes. My mother taught me that. You know, your moms will always teach you that. My mom would always say that because my dad is like a real hard ass. Thank God he does not have. Like, for those of you, don't tell Mr. Yeah. He was a CFO, though. Yes, yeah. So he was, like, a real, like, so my mom would always be like, you see your dad? He's all rah, rah, rah. And you say, you see, we still got my way? 
She's like, because I know how to massage the message. Because me and my dad would always bump heads. And she's like, you're going about it the wrong way. Oh. You that was like my big fat Greek wedding. Yeah. You know that <laughs> quote where the mom is like, the the man is the head, but the woman is the neck. And she can turn the head any way she wants. And I was like, yes, that is it. Yeah, right. Now just learn how to be a neck. Yeah, exactly. And so like I'm just I'm just so proud because I'm just like, wow, he's doing budgets on his own. He's saving like a lot. And you have to encourage that. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether whether it's like working out or, you know, mm-hmm. even as you're earning more. And again, we're talking about whether you're dating a man or a woman, just when you're earning more than your partner, especially today, like the other partner can sometimes feel like diminished mm-hmm. in a way. So, I mean, I get what this woman was saying in that she's like, I really want to stroke that ego. Yeah. I think we all have egos and yeah. you want to make sure not in like a coddling way, but you, I mean, just at a personal like relationship level, you should be lifting each other your up. partner yep. up and I, you you know, you know, like celebrating the little small things mm-hmm. like, oh, you got a raise or you worked overtime exactly. or something like that. Just as much as they're there for you supporting you when exactly. the budget nista is like on tour. And yeah, like and he's so supportive. Yeah. He's always like, what do you need? You want me to make some copies? Want me to put this in the car? I, like he wakes up, but every time I have to get to the train or the the plane or whatever, he's always up first thing in the morning driving me. And so I asked him, I said, you know, when, not if, when the budget nista starts making like big, big bucks, what is it that you would have always wanted to do? So then you'll have the opportunity to do that. You know, we're going to get married, have kids, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, what is it that you'd love to do? And he's really leaning. He never thought about real estate before, but he's like a, a contractor. So he does like all this like, you know, handyman work, you know. And he's really like, you know what? I think I'd really like to get into real estate. And I was like, I think that would be great. That way then if he does that, he will start making way more than what he's doing now working for. He works for the city. Um, and so I think that that will help to not so that he can make as much as me, but I know that he also kind of like envies my freedom because he'll be like, oh, I got to get up. You know, but if you do kind of like what you already do for the city, but for yourself, you can kind of make your own hours and like live a more free life. Because I want us to be able to like, you know, travel at will and mm-hmm. You know, but yeah, so it's like we're a work in progress, but honestly, I really love him. He's the best. This is the one for me. So support. Mm-hmm. Communication. Support and communication and expectations yes. are really important. And like just like you just asked, what are your expectations mm-hmm. for, you know, when I make more? Um, and you have to continue to have conversations because mm-hmm. even throughout the year, you know, and you mentioned helping Jarrell out with his debt. Ooh, Superman. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> Superman. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> He doesn't um, listen to podcasts. Anymore. We're just outing them. Yeah, right. Like, they're like, ooh, girl, your girl was talking about you. Do not show him. We didn't say last name. <laughs> um, you have to, you know, recently I, we had a check-in, and Enrique is trying to pay off some debt, too. Mm-hmm. And holidays are coming up, and, you know, my sister just got married in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'll take care of that travel because it's for my family. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I you know, I want to lean in and, and help. And one of the things I did this year was I was, like, you have, you know, some sort of unexpected debt came up. Um, I'm going to start paying for, you know, food. Okay. I'm going to handle groceries. Good. Don't worry about it. You handle this one utility bill. I'm going to get groceries. And then um, where I would say has become um, some, somewhat tenuous and, like, can be difficult. And we've had awkward, like, kind of arguments about this kind of stuff is, like, so even though we live together and we are, our finances are mingled mm-hmm. and we are, I'm helping him and he's helping out or whatever, it's, like, at what point are you too far? Like, Mandy, can am I allowed to ask him, like, how much debt do you have? How far down is mm-hmm. your debt now? How much progress have you made? Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things we've run into is I feel entitled to ask those mm-hmm. kind of questions. Like, I really feel like I should be able to say, Where's your, how much debt do you have today? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas he's, like, that for him, that's, like, too far. Okay. 
And we recently had a, a really big argument about that mm. one night. I was like, let me see how much debt you have. I really want to <laughs> well, know. I'll show you, you on my... Have you seen Mandy's face? <laughs> <laughs> she said it like a straight school teacher. Let me see how much debt. She not gave the eye. <laughs> I'm not going to say I said it any better, but I didn't say it quite like that. But yeah, I mean, I really tried to phrase it in a nice way. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, we've been together for so long. and um, But and you have to allow, because honestly, I... Jarrell probably would have felt Superman. Oh God, probably would have <laughs> felt the same way. Yeah. But because we were talking about, and I, this is how I kind of framed it. I said, "How much is your debt costing you a month?" That was kind of like my way of easing away. And he was like, "Oh, like, you know, like three hundred dollars a month." And I told him, and I asked him, I said, "What would you do if you didn't have to pay that three hundred dollars a month?" Because I, I already had in my mind I wanted to help him pay off the debt and you know get the money back later. But I didn't want to do so if you were going to blow $300 a month. And he said, you know, he kind of laid out for me, oh, you know, I thought about it. Because his thing was he kept saying, I can't wait till this debt is done because I'm going to do this, 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 and this. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay. So once he kind of like laid out his plan for me, I said, okay, well, how about this? And I could tell he was a little bit shocked, surprised, happy, but also taken aback. Like, she's going to pay down $3,000 worth of debt. And I'm like, yeah, but... In this way. So now that, like, he's gotten some time. At first he said no, but now that he's gotten some time to think about it, because I didn't know how much debt he had, but mm-hmm. because I framed it in a, what are you paying monthly? What if I help pay it? You know what I mean? It was like, it made him more comfortable to expose, like, well, this is the breadth of my debt. Yeah. And so, you know, so, but like, and, but I'm learning too, because there's definitely some moments when, when Superman has been like, enough. Right. I think it's important to talk about the fights too. Yeah. Because it can be freaking awkward. Yeah, it can. And I, for me, I was like, oh, we're comfortable enough. And uh, we weren't. We had to talk about it. Well, because I'll get a check, and I'm like, I'll, I'm, I'll be like wondering, like, who's it from? So I remember I'd be like, oh, open it real quick, and it would be like in one check, like two months worth of his salary, mm-hmm. and he'd be like, oh wow, you know how long I'd have to work to get this? And I'd be like, ah, next time, just get a list and open it. <laughs> well, he should know, though. Yeah, no, you don't want to hide it, or like you don't want to diminish yourself to make exactly things. like that's not what we mean. when we say support. That doesn't mean diminish yourself. Exactly. So that's that's becoming a tradition for us now. That like a check will come, and usually. Like, I'm away or whatever. And he's like, babe, another check. And I'm like, open it. And he'll be like, oh, you killed it. And so <laughs> it becomes like he gets excited. Because now if it's like $1,000 or something, he's like, oh, it's not that much. I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> and so that's been part of like his like, I don't know. I'm just feeling really good because I'm just like, I know that we're growing to that. And it was definitely not mm-hmm. this in the beginning. I remember I wanted to know his credit score. He acted like I, you know. Yeah. It takes like, some, it takes some, uh. It's a, these are personal questions, but I feel like, and this is what I told Enrique too when we were having this big argument. It was not great. It, I was like, "Listen, I get that it's a personal question, mm-hmm. but we are together. We're on this path that we've talked about that we have a finish line. We want to be together for you know ever, mm-hmm. so to speak. And um, I feel like this is a question that shouldn't be hard. I should know. Mm-hmm. And one day I'm going to want to know. We're going to know everything. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we need to know now because. We're trying. I mean, I'm trying to save up for long term things. Mm-hmm. Like I'm thinking in the future, I want to buy property. Mm-hmm. You know, are we going to get married? Weddings cost money. Yeah. I want to be saving. I want to know how much debt you have because I want to know how much we can be saving together. Yeah. And like, and it's also my way of knowing how much longer. Yeah. <laughs> When's it going to be over? Because um, massage your way to that though. Yeah, massage. I've, I'm, I'm learning. Mm-hmm. I think we had to have that, you know, argument though, because at the end of the day, um, it. it we became more, we became better, I think, about communicating at okay, the end of the day. Yeah. And also, I feel like just this particular, and this was Enrique's p- particular thing, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm being way too personal, but um, he really, that this was a hump that we were always towing around, okay. kind of tiptoeing around. Yeah. Like, I knew how much his debt payments were, but I didn't know how much the total was. Okay. And it felt really important to me, and it still does, to know, Yeah. Um, to have, I think it's good for accountability's mm-hmm. sake. 
you know, how's it going? What can I do to contribute? And also for me, if I'm going to be putting my skin in the game and saying I'm going to help out with more expenses, I feel like I should know how much longer am I going to be paying more. this is true. You know what I mean? Um, So, again, it comes down to communication and having those, you know, arguments. If they have to be an argument, you know, we try to be civil. Yeah. But um, sometimes they have to happen. So communication, support, and setting expectations. Mm-hmm. Boom. So some wins. 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 Um, well, this is a random kind of win, but so I got my, my first gel mani. Is that what you... I know, I know you're going to say something about it. Mm-hmm. So, apparently, I can get hand cancer, which is not great. What? Because, <laughs> you know, they put that on the UV. Yes, yes, yes. But I didn't know that because I never, first of all, if you know me, I'm like a grown-up tomboy. Uh-huh. So, I never get any, like, manicure, pedicure, that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, on occasion. It's really funny you brought up gel manicure. And so, I was like, okay. So, I was getting it. And I, of course, it chipped because I'm Tiffany. And because just the way I am, you know, they're supposed to last for two weeks. After two days, mine chipped. I'm like, of course. Mm-hmm. And so I got it because I was doing, uh, I don't know, I'm going to be doing, like, taping some big, like, thing. And I was like, well, let me look like a lady. But I've heard, of course, after I got it done, people were like, oh, the UV light. I had my first gel manicure last week. Did you like it? For my sister's wedding. Well, if you can see my nails, oh, where's gone? the gel at? That shit yeah. peeled off in like three days. Really? Yes. Yeah, but some people, it lasts forever. $30. So it's only a win for me because I'm like, oh, I got a little girly thing done. And I got my eyebrows snatched. Oh, did you? Yeah, but I usually get my eyebrows done. That's the one thing I do. I stopped plucking my eyebrows a year ago. Well, that's because you have, like, the natural... First of all, Mandy has, like, the natural, like, fleek eyebrow. Mm. You know, like, that rare... Not always. She's, like, that rare, like, unicorn whose eyebrows grow in naturally with an arch and they look perfect. Me, I look like a barracuda. (laughs) With a straight line. Oh, no. Yes. Well, something happened. It's like I was waxing. I waxed since I was, like, 17. Mm -hmm. I'm a baby. I don't get... I don't get... Um, threaded. Okay. Because it just feels like torture. Just yeah. Pluck, pluck, the threading, yeah, it does. Oh my God, I cried the first time I got it. First and last time. <laughs> but I guess so much so much time waxing, my hair just stopped growing back yeah. where it used to. And yeah. I was like, let me stop now before it gets worse. Yeah, you I have was to be worried careful. that it was gonna I was gonna over over wax. So I stopped. Yeah, but the makeup people don't love it. They're like, should we there's a stray hair? I'm like, just leave it. Yeah, no, her eyebrows look it. great, honestly. Thanks. So but that was my win, kind of having a little girly moment. And today's my sister's B Day. Happy birthday, Trey Trey. My win this week, I just got, I just, this whole weekend I've spent, you know, not being productive because I've been watching Jane the Virgin. Mm, is it good? It's really good. So season one is on Netflix and I I just don't have time to like dedicate to a sitcom. Like I'm like, what day does it come on? Like what time? Mm-hmm. 7.30 on Tuesdays? Oh, like whatever. So I like to watch things binge on Netflix and I just started watching Jane the Virgin. Let me, it is so good. Really? It is. And I'm a huge Ugly Betty fan. It's better than really? Betty. It's better than Betty La Fea. <laughs> it is better than I mean, a million times better than Mindy Project. Okay. I mean, and I, 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 I've been supporting Mindy. I've been trying to watch it, but, like, I just cannot stand. I need a brown. Actually, maybe next week my brown bake will be Mindy Project okay. because I'm just over it. But Jane the Virgin is so, so good. So the premise of the show is insane. It's kind of like a telenovela within a telenovela. So the premise is that Jane goes to the gyno for a pap. Her gynecologist just had a terrible breakup. And she's confused, and she accidentally artificially inseminates Jane. Wow. So Jane is a virgin. She's 23, but um, when she was 13, she promised her abuela that she was not going to have sex until marriage. Mm. So she's almost engaged to her boyfriend. She gets artificially inseminated. (laughs) 
And then I cannot, so this is all within the first, like, two episodes. Mm. She finds out that the father is a hotel owner where she works, and they kissed five years ago, and his wife uh, was trying to get artificially inseminated behind his back, so he didn't know mm. this was all happening. And then her abuela is an illegal immigrant, and she wants to sue the doctor for artificially inseminating her, mm-hmm. but she drops the lawsuit because she's afraid her abuela will get deported, like, all this stuff. It's so good. Meanwhile, her dad, who she's never met before, comes into the picture. He's a telenovela superstar. <laughs> um, he's this amazing, his name is Rogelio, Rogelio de la Vega, I think is his name. <laughs> and it's so good. It, it, it's, you know, and I've, I've seen she won like a Golden Globe or mm. like something or an Emmy. Gina Rodriguez is the actor, the actress, and she's so um, but it really portrays these people as just real people. Mm. Jane is studying to be a teacher, but she wants to be a writer. Jane's mother is so good. She's I, um, her 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 name in the series is um, Ziomara mm-hmm. or Zomara. I think I'm pronouncing it right. And this actress, she's a dance instructor by day, and she wants to be like a pop singer by night. And she was a teen mom, and she's like really hot and in her forties. Okay. And I love, you know, they they get to these issues. They get to the fact that you know her abuela is an illegal immigrant. She's in the country illegally, but they do it like six or seven episodes in. Okay. And I love that because if you've been watching the show, you love Abuela. Uh-huh. You see Abuela like being like funny and supportive and like an amazing like caretaker for Jane. And then you find out this fact about her. Mm-hmm. And I feel like as a reader or as a, as a viewer, mm-hmm. for some people who may have prejudice against oh. illegal immigrants, it makes you see them first as a human. And before. And then it gives you this fact. It's just like, it's like, so do you really feel this way about illegal immigrants yeah. now that you know that this sweet woman? Yeah. You know, do you really want her to go back? Yeah. Like, come on. You love her. You love her. Yeah, I love when things do. Like, I remember, um, who was the woman on, um, uh, she is a news anchor. She's super smart, short, short, like, brownish hair. She's gay. Um, Rachel Maddow? Yes. So my dad loves watching the news and loves Rachel Maddow. Really? (laughs) And he is, like, I don't want to say super Christian, but, you know, like, pretty, not fundamental, but, you know. And so, you know, like, he... He was always like, no, you know, being gay is wrong, blah, 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 blah. And so, like, obviously, but he has no gaydar whatsoever. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, as soon as I saw Rachel Maddow, I knew he was gay. And I thought I always got a giggle. She She was gay. I used to get a giggle because my dad would be like, I just love her. She's so smart. She's so this. And I'd be like, he he doesn't know. And then one day, I guess she came out, whatever. And my dad was like, did you know that Rachel is gay? I said, yes. He was like, but she's so smart. I like her. (laughs) I could tell that he was, like, conflicted because he was like, wait. My religion says, but I like her. And I thought that he was going to stop watching her. I said, Daddy, you still watch Rachel? He's like, yeah, she's good, but I like it. I like her. <laughs> you know? She, and I just love the fact that it's like, I don't even, of course, you know, Rachel Maddow will never meet like my little African father. But I just love the fact that, Rachel, you have opened up his mind. So, and so things like that are, are just so necessary that you just show this broader picture of people, mm-hmm. get people to know and love them. And then, yeah, this arbitrary fact of like, oh, I happen to be an illegal alien. I happen to be gay. I happen yes. to be, you know, because it forces you to say, what were you saying about them again? It was very tactful. Yes. Then. I like and that. I feel like that's just more reasons why you want more diverse writers in Hollywood. Yeah. Matt Damon, are you listening? Did you see that thing where Matt Damon, he has this like uh, re- kind of semi-competition like uh, show on HBO where they are testing out directors to direct a film. Okay. And he has like, so it's Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, I think, and then they have other producers on the panel judging the directors. Mm-hmm. And at one point, there's one black woman in the room. Her name is Effie Brown, I think. Mm-hmm. Or is that the woman from um, that play that Beyonce and Jennifer Hudson were in? Effie, was that? Are they both Effie? Yes. Anyway, I'm pretty sure her name's Effie Brown in real life. So she's this um, only black woman, I think the only black person on this panel of judges. And she says, you know, there's a the movie that they wanted to push forward, Greenlight, 
is has a minority cast or is about minorities. And she's like, I'm concerned because we have a white director directing this. And Matt Damon, in, in his infinite wisdom as a Hollywood elite, says it doesn't matter who's behind the camera. Diversity yeah. comes from who you put in the cast, comes from casting. No. And you, if you watch this clip, it's very uncomfortable because you see Effie just being like, oh, Really? Right? And then you see her get quiet. And um, it was, this is the reason I haven't seen The Martian. I know it's like a huge movie. Mm -hmm. But in this moment, I'm just like, I can't, I can't with Matt Damon right now. Because it was so ignorant, you know? Yeah, because how can you tell a black story without black experience? Right. Like, I just, that is, I mean, I don't even understand how you don't see that. That, like, I can't write, but that's like me writing an immigrant story of Italian immigrants coming to America. How? I have to have someone there to say, hey, that's actually not an accurate portrayal, mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, just, just certain nuances that you just don't get. You have to have people in the room who've experienced that for it to be, like, just authentic and for him to just not even realize that. I'm like, it must be nice to be, you know, a white male in America. And privileged, right. He yeah. just thinks, oh, just cast a black woman, but who's writing for her? Yeah. You know, there's a, oh my God, this video on BuzzFeed, you should all watch it. It's, it's kind of long. It's like seven minutes long, mm -hmm. but it's, here's what happens. I posted it on the Brown Ambition Facebook page, actually. Mm -hmm. It says, here's what happens when there's no diverse writers in the room in Hollywood. And it basically goes through every show in history, like mm -hmm. current and, the you know, modern shows that. and older shows and shows you all like the, the black characters, the microaggressions and all the brown characters yep. and how they like... You know, Native Americans dressed up with like feather earrings and yep. like turquoise and, and like the the you know the costume type things and like how Asian men are always depicted as like sexless yeah. and nerdy and how Indian American men and Indian men are always you know also pictured as sexless and mm -hmm. nerdy like the guy from The Big Bang Theory mm -hmm. and it shows you what happens when you don't have a diverse mm -hmm. writing staff and you know as a viewer as a white viewer you may not see anything wrong with yeah. that but let me assure you everyone who's brown and, and you know from it's that looking. group is looking like this is not this is not the show exactly. for me. Exactly. Like Jamal is always like, oh no, he didn't. I'm like, oh God. Yes. Right. <laughs> they showed, oh God, you know, I stopped watching New Girl with Zoe yeah. Deschanel because Winston, I'm like, what's happening with yeah, Winston? Nothing. What's happening? Yeah. Because I'm just like, yeah, I, I used to love New Girl, but I stopped watching as well. I was just like, whatever. He's the one black friend, and then the one black friend never has a love interest. Yeah. And you know? he never really has any real storyline. In the first season, he had none. Yeah. They did nothing with that character. Yeah. There's always that one like fun. And then, yeah, they're just there to be like, oh no. Mm -mm, girl, or, right? Mm -mm. Or they say, "Damn, yeah. you know, like that's their one line. <laughs> yeah. That's what they're there for." Yeah, uh, <sighs> exactly. So that's why I love Back to Jane the Virgin. I think it's just such a fun show, and I think anyone from and it's a hugely diverse cast. It's not okay. all Latino actresses. Mm -hmm. Like the crazy wife is like from is she's Israeli, but she speaks French, and like the the telenovela star is like Brazilian and Mexican, and mm. oh my god. Oh, Paulino Rubio makes a guest appearance. The show is really good. So okay. it's on Netflix, Jane the Virgin. It's got a crazy premise. That whole, the 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 five minutes of plot I gave you is just like a microcosm of the larger story happening here. So I'm going to watch um, now. You should. Okay. It's really good. So win, win, win. Win, win. <laughs> yeah. And that, that is the end of episode 10. Episode 10. I'm so excited. I know. Happy 10th episode anniversary. <laughs> We're rocking out. It's so crazy. I'm like, just I remember when you hit me up and you were like, hey, I'm doing a podcast. You want to be on it? I was like, okay. And uh, I'm like, here we are. Meanwhile, I'm like, is she going to say yes? <laughs> Do you know what happened is I, so I, with the Brown Ambition podcast, I had an idea for a podcast a year ago. Yahoo was like, oh, we're not here for that. <laughs> and I was like, fine, I'll do it on my own. And I reached out to someone or I met someone from like NPR Marketplace okay. and they were like, that's interesting. Email us your pitch for a podcast. You know, maybe we'll do something together, find a way. And mm -hmm. as I was writing my pitch about a podcast for women of color, by women of color, mm -hmm. um, about career and wealth building and investing, I was like, this doesn't feel like the place for it. Like, mm. this doesn't feel like the right 
I don't feel like they would do a, you know the right job. I don't even know if I'd get through the front door with them because this pitch does not feel like an NPR type yeah. thing. And then I was like, I need to just do this on my own. Like, I just need to make this its own thing. Mm-hmm. And then the first person I thought of was Tiffany as a co-host. Really? So, yeah. Oh, that's cool. I, I think like, we are different and, like, different than anything else out there. Yeah. And, and I think that's why it's really resonated with people. Yeah, thank you guys um, so much for listening because me and Mandy sometimes we're like, oh, there's a mic. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We're just talking. Know. Honestly, if you could just hear like us off, sometimes we have to be like, oh, be quiet, be quiet. This is good for the show. Yeah. Because we have such great conversations <laughs> off mic. And so, yeah. And it's just... nice to talk about this kind of stuff mm-hmm. with, with, you know, another woman, exactly. intelligent woman. <laughs> and we love, like, we share every every message you send us, every Facebook message, mm-hmm. review, email. We, we, we share with each other. Oh, it's, speaking like, of which, so who's our winner? Oh, crap. Okay, we're going to announce the winner. In drumroll, please. <laughs> okay, we have a winner. Yes, we love you guys all. We have over thirty reviews. Thank you so much for the support. Yes. We love more, so you can please leave a, ret- uh, re- a review on iTunes. Yes, please do that. Um, for those of you, I know someone asked that they have an Android. How can they leave a review? You can leave one on Stitcher. Yep. Or on SoundCloud. Yes. Uh, so go check those out and please leave a review. That would be awesome. Yes, it helps people find us. And, and then what's more? Tell a friend. Tell two friends. <laughs> so without further ado, our winner, let me first read the review because it's so sweet. She says, Tiffany and Mandy are both great. When listening, I feel like they are my big sisters giving me genuine financial, personal, and professional advice. Uh, this woman's been following Tiffany, a.k.a. the budget Nisa, for a while, and her advice gave her encouragement to stay on track with her financing, finances and savings goals Together, she calls us two peas in a finance pod, giving realistic and attainable advice. Thank you so much to LaToya R. Yes. Thank you, LaToya. We love you. We love you, too. We love everybody. But LaToya is the winner. We love you most sleep today. You win a million brown bi- brown ambition points. Yes. Woo woo. Which you can cash in at nowhere. At everywhere. That brown ambition <laughs> points are accepted, which include brownambitionpodcast.com. Yes. And uh, that's it. Yeah, that's it. LaToya, you were the lucky winner of Tiffany's uh, best-selling book, The One Week Budget. Yes. Which we'll get to you somehow. Yes, you send, have to. Yeah, you, you, yeah send, send us an your, email. Yeah, your mail address, address mm-hmm. and we'll get that to you, along with the super cute tote bag, courtesy of yes. Marsha Barnes at the Finance Bar, which says "Frugal is the new cool." Yes, and the, the bag is so cute, and Marsha's one of our faves. And you have to take a picture of yourself, Latoya, wearing it and showing it off with the book. Yes. All right, congrats, Latoya, congrats. and thank you all for listening to episode ten. Yes, woo woo. This is a long one. <laughs> The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.